Are you ready to live a faith walk that puts you partnering with this God, this story, this book, and the glory that's going to take place? Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be worshiping with you. Whether you're joining us online or you're here in person, man, we are fired up to be going after it with Jesus Christ. It is all about him. And today we are actually closing down the summer series. I can't believe I'm saying those words, but the summer preaching series has now come to a close. This is the last one today as we walk through the end of Hebrews chapter 11 and all that the author there had to share, right? Hebrews 11, it's been an amazing journey of faith as we've talked about what it means to have this confidence in things we cannot see. And how does that get lived out? And we walked through and we looked at some of the names that were listed in Hebrews 11. We jumped back into those Old Testament stories to get more than just a few words about them, but to get actually the fuller story of what was going on and how they lived by faith. We started by going to Abel, and we looked at him as this worshiper, faith that worshiped. And he gave of his first fruits. He poured it on for his God. He gave everything that was great and glorious, and he made sure that God was made much of in his giving. And then Noah, who had the faith to obey, right? No matter what the world was saying, no matter what the world was doing or thinking, I will do what my God says. Man, his world was pressing in on him. He looked like a nut job with what he was going after, but he did not falter. And God so blessed in the midst of that as he lived it out. Man, I'm just telling you, we are living in a pretty crazy world now. And the reality is, as this world starts pressing in, are we ready to live for our God? No matter what the world says, may it be all about Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, man, man, that's a huge call out that we go after that together. And then there was Sarah who followed, even in the ludicrousness of the promise, she was older, but to have a baby is what God said, so she was counting on it. She ended up naming that son Laughter because it brought joy and laughter to her soul, the fulfillment that God gave as she followed. And then we looked at Joseph, who received the promise. God ended up promising to Joseph's dad his grandfather and his great-grandfather, all of these details of what would happen in the amazing nation of Israel. And as Joseph was going to breathe his last, he's like, just so we're super clear, God is gonna do something stunning and God is gonna be taking this nation back up north to Israel. And he counted on the promises of God. He received those promises and lived them out as he there breathed his last in Egypt well away from where the promise was going to be fulfilled, right? May we trust, may we count on him with all we've got. And then last week we looked at Moses' parents who ended up in the face of fear doing what was right. As life and death were on the line, they did what was right before God and took care of their little one and God so blessed along the way. Faith. Man, we can express it in so many different ways. And the reality is, as we start to live our faith out, it does make like a footprint that we leave behind. So are we ready to leave a footprint of faith in this world that is actually starting to stand against God more and more and more? 
That's the call, and as this author of Hebrews closes out Hebrews 11, that's his challenge to us today, is to make sure that we're ready to walk a faith that leaves a footprint, a mark in this world, and makes an impact all for God and his glory, all right? So here we go. Let's go to point number one. It says, true faith seeks to partner with God and build his kingdom. True faith seeks to partner with God and build his kingdom. We're starting in Hebrews 11. We're going to start at verse 32, and we'll work our way to the end of the chapter here, all right? So as we started out, he says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, of Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promise. Let's just hold right there. He says, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell you of. And then he starts to go through a list. He's like, I can't even go through the stories of these. The chapter's already run on long enough. I've told you how faith impacts in so many ways. Here's a few more names without the story. And he starts throwing them in. And uh, you know those moments when you hear a name mentioned and you know the story, so it kind of brings a smile to your face? That's what he was going after, as he went after these names of the people in Israel. He said, for time would fail me to tell you of Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah. These are judges in the Old Testament, right? After Israel had moved into the promised land, one of the problems that happens, you've ever noticed this? That as we get blessed by God, all of a sudden we start getting soft. Like often blessing can trip us up more than tough circumstances. Because in the blessings, we just start to get eased up. We start expecting more of it to roll our way. And then when it doesn't, it starts to make us a little upset. And the reality is these people, uh, after they had gotten into the promised land, they started to just do whatever they wanted. It said in scripture that everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And I'm not sure that's very far off from the description in America right now. As you're starting to see this massive wandering to whatever seems right in their own eyes. And uh, be careful. God ended up bringing some judges into play, and that was one person at a time that took a stand, held their ground, and made an impact for God and his kingdom. And that went on for a number of years, these judges working in the nation of Israel. And, uh, And then it says, of David, and this is actually one of the kings, so we move from judges to kings, David being the representative of all the different kings who worshiped God and honored him, as they tended to reign for him. And some did a terrible job with that. And so we list off David here and his kingship and impact. And uh, so if you think about it in the books of the Old Testament, the first five books, right? And then there's Joshua, Judges. And so that's where a lot of these names are being called out. And then First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, that's where David and others are called out. And then he says, and Samuel and the prophets, and Samuel and the prophets, all these people who ended up being representatives for God. Like as God spoke to them, they then turned and said, thus saith the Lord. And they shared it out with others, right? And so being able to be a prophet, being able to share what God thought and what God said was a huge faith step impacting that community. And so you had the judges, you had the kings, you had the prophets. In fact, the rest of the Old Testament is filled up with the prophets and the major and minor prophets there in all those books. And uh, huge movements that these guys had, and it says, who through faith. 
Everybody say, by faith. All of them allowed a faith footprint to be put down by them, who by faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises. Right? And so here's a first list of three. We'll call it a triad, right? This list of three. And here's three things that God accomplished. Conquered kingdoms. Like he allowed through these men for the nation of Israel to be dominant, for there to be kingdoms dominated over, for God's hand of righteousness to move across the earth. God was doing a massive move at the kingdom level and enforcing justice, making sure that the right thing was the right thing and it was lifted up by the people. That's what the judges were all about, trying to make sure that the rightness and goodness of God were on display. It said, and the obtained promises, God promising them and them trusting, counting on, and living with. This first triad is all about faith that impacts the world. Did you know that? Your faith can impact the world. All too often in America, we think too individually, but I'm telling you, your faith can be large enough and massive enough to impact a huge segment. As God puts you in just the right place at just the right time, you believing in your God, you trusting him, no matter what, could rock this world. Are you ready for your faith to impact the world for Christ? That's what his first call out is. And then he said, and it stopped the mouths of lions. It quenched the power of fire. It escaped the edge of the sword. Stopped the mouths of lions, like with Daniel and all that went on there, right? Or even David and when he was able to kill the lion. And, and then it says, and quenched the power of fire. This is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as well as others. But man, they were told like, you will bow now to me as your king. And they said, I'm sorry, we bow to the one king, God of the universe. We're not bowing down. He's like, you'll bow or you'll pay. And they're like, then bring it on. Because we will only bow to our God and that's the end of it. And he said, fine, I'll put you in this burning, fiery furnace. And their answer was, listen, my God can my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. Man, that has to be our battle cry. Are you ready to lean in with that kind of impact? Where God's pressing on your soul, showing you where he's moving next, and your battle cry is not, make me comfortable. Your battle cry is, my God can, my God will, I would love it if he does, but even if my God doesn't. There are moments where God moves in this world and he gives us shocking promises and fulfillments, shocking miracles that are just, they put a smile on our face. And then there were our moments where he says, hang on, I'm gonna do that in eternity. Wait with me and see it there. I'm gonna do a stunning thing in forever with you. Here and now, we're gonna let this wash on the shore. Man, whichever way God chooses it, I will worship him. Now, this is a huge battle cry. My God can, my God will, even if my God doesn't. Just say it with me, say it loud. My God can, my God will, even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. And that is a massive call out of faith. And it 
is the beginnings of rocking the world. May we get ready to go after it with all we've got. And then I'll just summarize this second listing of three. We'll call it the second triad there. The second three is really just personal deliverance. At times, our faith can bring personal deliverance. God walks us through the toughest of circumstances. Sometimes he walks us through, sometimes around. Sometimes he asks us to put up with the circumstances saying bad. And sometimes he fixes all of it. We trust our king and we worship him with all we've got. And all of God's people said, huge deal. And then it says, and we're made strong out of weakness. They became mighty at war and they put foreign armies to flight. And this third triad is a big description of personal strength. It says they were made strong out of weakness. Probably people like a Samson here in mind, right? Their strength being given by God and he does amazing things with that strength. And they became mighty in war. They were able to impact those around them and do things with it. They put foreign armies to flight. And this third triad talking about their strength welling up and spilling out and causing success right around them. Man, your faith can impact the world. Your faith can bring personal deliverance in certain moments. And your faith can cause a strength to well up and a success to be experienced. May God get all the glory. Are you ready to have confidence in things unseen. See, all too often we start putting our faith in the things seen. We start trying to walk our faith through what the circumstances are. And if the circumstances get a little rougher, then our faith starts to wobble. And if the pain starts to rise up, then we're kind of done. And man, just please hear me. That's not the faith Hebrews 11 is talking about. It's not talking about trying to measure God through whatever circumstantially is going on around you, whatever comfort level you have. It's saying it is time to lean in because I know the king who has it all in hand. He is coming again. He will set eternity in motion and that's the God I'm counting on no matter what. And all of God's people said, may we have that faith as we're fired up. I just wrote this. Uh, the footprint of true faith is remaining God-centered in a self-centered world. The footprint of true faith is remaining God-centered in a self-centered world. And our faith call-out is to be God-centered. It is so easy to get comfort-driven. That is self-centered. Are you ready to separate that away and say, okay, God, I lean in no matter what? May we have that faith. And God's hand blessed their hand and they saw amazing things happen. May we lean on that king. You know, I'll just say it this way. I love to see what God does in ministry as he grows that ministry. I love to see what God's doing around here as he just fans the flame on life and living. Man, as we come into the summer, for a lot of you, summers is like, it starts to be downtime and kind of settling in. And just so you know, not so much on the ministry side. Like we have a ton of retreats that go on over the summer. We end up with VBS that just goes off huge. And we had just hundreds and hundreds. I think it was 750, 800 kids that were here for VBS. We had the largest volunteer count we've ever had. Man, I love to be able to see those ministries rally together and 
get after it. May God get all the glory. And the backpacks, as we called that together, we ended up having 822 backpacks. I think that might be the largest we've ever put together. And we were able to get that out to 500 plus right away that weekend. And now we've gotten them off to foster care. And we were able to even to ship some of them to Haiti to get to the schools down in Haiti there. Man, praise God for all the impact that you guys are a part of as you take steps and strides to work with your God and serve him with all you've got. Love it. Or the ministry this week that we're launching. Man, we decided to launch this ministry. We were talking about it, pulled the core team together for the 60 plus group and got some talks together and we went after it. And man, we're already, what, 110 plus for Thursday. This is a huge ministry launch. Praise God for that. That said, man, I love what God's doing in this place. I love what he's doing in and through you. May we continue to lean in. And man, if you haven't been a part of it, get ready. Start leaning in with us. Here we go as the ministry year starts. Right? That said, I definitely want to bring up what happened with Pastor Abraham this last week as well. You know, we've planted 10 churches down in Haiti and super excited about that. And uh, they've been starting to rally those churches together. Last year, they rallied them all together. And this year is their second annual rally together uh, where all 10 churches were invited. Most were, be, were able to make it. And uh, let's go ahead and throw the slide up. And uh, you can see a little bit there. They had 600 plus that were there each day for the three days of the conference. Conference. This is the second annual kind of all-summit church conference there down in Haiti, and we would have loved to have been down there with them. That is not a good plan right now, right? They're like, it is so unsafe. Please don't come. But so they were able to do this locally there and just exciting to see what's going on. They ended up over the weekend at their services with 2,000 plus in-person attendance, massive worship on fire going after it. And by the way, that's Pastor Abraham in the middle there with the big bright orange shirt and the giant smile. And he is so friendly and warm and inviting and just pulling this together. And man, he is making a massive faith footprint in a super dark land. Uh, there's a ton of hard stuff going on in Haiti, and I love what God's doing through Pastor Abraham and all the churches down there. God gets all the glory. And all of God's people said, and that's what we're talking about, a faith that's willing to lean in, no matter the struggle, no matter the heartache, may God get all the glory. So simple question. So are you leaning in no matter what? Are you measuring the circumstances more than you're actually looking to the future and the promises? Or are you willing to say, Lord God, your glory, your name, your fame, I'm in. May we truly, all for his glory, make footprints of faith in this world that make an impact at the world level, at the personal level, and for those around us. May God get all the glory, all right? Point number two, true faith does not seek its own comfort, but rather serves under even the worst circumstances. True faith does not seek its own comfort, but rather serves under even the worst circumstances. So the author continues to press in on the topic now. And he said, women received back their dead by resurrection. You know, and I think all too often when we read the scripture, we actually kind of, uh, we see the word resurrection and we just get excited for them. We're like, that's awesome. What a huge ministry. But what we miss is the word right before it, dead. 
And that D word is harsh. And they went through tons of hurt and the loss and even running for some of them funerals beforehand. And then all of a sudden they were able to taste of the blessing. There was massive hurt and massive heartache. And in the midst of the loss, they were trusting their God. It's a huge deal. And these women were going after it, receiving this by faith. Uh, just a few that you could think of are Elijah and the woman he was dealing with, and Elisha and the woman that he was dealing with, and Lazarus, as Jesus was making clear what it was and that God had a plan in all of it, even allowing it to go to that end first before he rose Lazarus from the dead. And even Mary, as she had to watch her son Jesus go to the cross, die, but rise again three days later, Hear me, by faith receiving the miracle of God at work, your God has the power to give life. Your God has the power to give eternal, forever life, let alone the physical life in the moment. Your God has that power. Are you leaning on him and counting on him and taking the next step of faith because of who he is in your life. It says women who received back their dead by the resurrection, and then some were tortured, refusing to accept release. Some of them were told, just stop standing for Jesus, and it all stops. Just stop saying that you're worshiping Jesus, and we'll stop all the pressure. And they're like, won't happen. Look, my God can, and my God will. He might release me from this, but even if my God doesn't, I will not bend. I'm in, and I'm in with Jesus Christ no matter what. Man, please hear me. This world is getting weird. And the amount of leaning in on family and children and sexuality and righteousness as scripture would see it and trying to call it as something bad Man, please hear me. Our job is going to be to take a stand, ready, no matter what. These are sobering words for me that I have to recognize and realize as the senior pastor over this, I have to be ready to be these people, ready to go to it. Are you ready to go after it? When the world starts calling it bad, it doesn't matter. You stand with your God. Are you in? May God get all the glory. This is a huge call out. It says, so that they might rise again to a better life. In other words, these guys were trying to offer them the comforts of physical, earthly, right here life. And they're like, sorry, I already have that in heaven. You have nothing to offer me. I'm not in with you. I am going for eternity right now. And that's where I plan to camp out. Remember, they had a hope in things yet unseen. And that was their absolute passion and hunger. And they absolutely claimed a better life to come. And, uh, may God get all the glory. It says, others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. And this is a huge deal. Somehow the world sees the ability to use the physical to try to stop your spiritual faith trying to bring pain, trying to bring discomfort, those kinds of things. And they talking about using that here, the whipping and the flogging and the chains and the trying to use physical discomfort to stop their worship. 
And we have to be ready to take a faith stand, ready to make footprints in the sand as we step out with our God. Nobody stopping our faith walk. May God get all the glory. It says they were stoned, they were sawn in two, and they were killed with the sword. You might be like, all right, dude, you're losing me now. <laughs> if this is starting to get pretty heavy, we better understand, stoned, it means picking up things about the size of your hand open like this and throwing it. It's not pebbles, man. We're talking big, huge stones thrown at, massive pain, even the goal of taking their life. It says sawn in two. They're really not even sure who that's talking about. Potentially it's Isaiah. And uh, he as a prophet was brought to a horrible death. They're thinking maybe he was sawn in two and that's what was going on. Can you imagine that moment? when they're like, you need to renounce your God. And he's like, bring it, I won't. And they come over and they take a saw and they're like, we're gonna saw you in half. And he's like, won't change me. And they put the sharp blades down on your abdomen, on your gut and get ready to pull. And you're like, do what you need to do. I believe in a God who is answering eternity and you don't have it, he does. I'm in with him. Man, are you ready? to have that faith. Are you ready to worship him with all you have? It says they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, and they basically had terrible clothing line that they were wearing, right? Super uncomfortable and uh, didn't really fit well. That would, think of the worst shirt you have comfort-wise. Not even close, right? That's what they're walking around in. This is what they have. And our job is to be a church that is fervent, resolved. As we get ready to lean into this year, here's my request. Are you ready to be a church that gets off the sideline? The bottom line is, I'm not even gonna say the C word, but that thing that happened over the last couple of years. There's been a lot of distraction because of it. And what's happened is it started to cause people to try to get more about comfort and more about self, just kind of closing down. Man, it's time for us to open back up and lean in with all we've got. It is time for us as a church to be on fire for Jesus Christ. May we be resolved in our faith and going after it with all we've got. And don't let what's happened here take your breath away and stop your faith. Lower your worship. Don't let it happen. May God get all of the glory as you move in. It says, of whom the world was not worthy. I love this. He's actually declaring these people as worthy, not because of how great they were. We as human beings, we're all sinful. But the reality is there's a worthiness that gets stamped on us as the one who is worthy, Jesus himself alone, ends up saying, this one I am working with, this one I am doing something through. We get the stamp of worthiness from the one who is Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. It says, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. In other words, terrible clothes, horrible homes, no comfort whatsoever. The washing on their shore of circumstance that was super uncomfortable, but their faith could not be moved. That's who they are. And he's calling us to that faith ourselves. And this world is getting super unhappy. 
There's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of anger. Here's my request. Don't put those clothes on. Don't put on the clothes of anger and unhappiness and unrest, the ones that start to train wreck your worship, and all of a sudden you aren't celebrating your God and celebrating what's coming. You're just ticked about what the next dumb thing is that was said around here, right? And all of a sudden you hear this thing in the state of whatever, and they're doing whatever, and your worship starts drifting off. Don't let your worship drift. Lock your faith in with Jesus Christ. May you be, be, begin to make an impact worldwide, personally, and to the people around you. Your God rules. You know the God who has died for you, the God who has risen again, the God who is coming again, the God who has it all in hand. Don't let any of this distraction take you off course. And all of God's people said, Amen. huge deal, man. This wandering about, this paying the price. And please hear me. They got all into uh, recognizing what it was to worship regardless of the comfort. The worst words we could have are the words comfortable and need, putting them together. And that is just brutal to our walk with Jesus. Are we ready to say it doesn't matter what washes on my shore, I am in. Are you in? No matter what with Jesus Christ, ready to worship him with all you've got. Serve him with all you have. Point number three. True faith sees that our calling is not individual, but rather corporate. True faith sees that our calling is not individual, but rather corporate. It says, and all these, though commended through their faith, Everybody just say bold faith. And bold faith. Through these guys, the, the Hebrews 11 Hall of Faith, the Hall of Fame there, these are guys who trusted in God no matter what. They leaned in no matter what. And God was able to do amazing things. Commended for their faith, commended because they trusted the God who promised. They had the truth of being able to say, my confidence and assurance is in things unseen. Don't forget that Hebrews 11.1 1 starts out with faith is an assurance of things unseen. And it ends with, are you ready to live with it no matter what the physical here circumstances? That's the challenge to Hebrews 11. He says, and all these commended through their faith, they did not receive what was promised. You catching that? In other words, they were promised of a Messiah to come. They were promised of a kingdom forever. They were promised of an eternity of glory and the Messiah sitting over it didn't happen yet. Still hasn't happened in our lifetime where we get to see him come and reign physically in this world on earth. Christ is coming again and he will reign forever. That hope, that promise, that is ours. And we get to claim it. And man, they got to live a life of faith and it didn't mean it got resolved right there in the moment. It is still hanging on. We have that same hope and that same faith. Are you in? In waiting for the God of the universe, excited about what he is doing. It's a huge deal. It says, since God has provided something better for us. Everybody say, that's Jesus. And something better for us. We are living out the privilege of Jesus Christ, the Messiah who died and rose. It says that apart from us, they should not 
be made perfect. Apart from us, they should not be made perfect or complete maybe would be a better word there. Their story is not done until our story is a part of it. Basically, if you take the Bible and you open it up and you start to ease your way in at the beginning, you hit the story of Israel pretty fast and you see the judges and you see the kings and you see the prophets and you see the promise of Messiah going on. But hear me, the story doesn't end with them. The story is continuing on and you and me, we are a part of this story. We get the privilege of being a part of what God is unfolding and writing right now. And it goes on into eternity. God has the end in hand. It is all in his hand. God has a plan. Everybody just say, God has a plan. And man, I'm telling you, the book is unfolding and you get to be a part of it. Are you ready to live a faith walk that puts you partnering with this God, this story, this book, and the glory that's going to take place. May we rally together with the angels and with the saints and worship the king of the universe and corporate rally all for his glory. Are we in? And it's super important that you recognize your personal walk is essential. Our corporate walk as a church, essential. Man, God says that he gives those. It says in Ephesians 4, he's not talking about the gifts, he's talking about the people. He says he gives pastors and evangelists, pastors, teachers, all the gifts given over. You and your spiritual gifting are the gift to this church. Did you know that? You're a gift to the church. And man, you have a chance with your faith expressed, making one step at a time to make an impact for God and his kingdom. May we together become part of the story as we make much of Jesus Christ. May this year be a year with fervency and resolve that this church leans in maybe like never before. May we get ready to go after it with all we've got. Man, what is your calling? How can you serve your king? May God get all the glory.